What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, summer officially started this week, but if you ask me, it started a few weeks ago, uh, and we've been putting together a little summer bucket list, aka something in Chicago that we have to do before the season change uh, and the weather, uh, you know, gets back to being a little more disrespectful to us. Uh, to help me look back on the week, I got Gregory Pratt from the Chicago Tribune, who covers Mayor Lightfoot and City Hall, and A.D. Quigg, who is also now with the Chicago Tribune, covering Cook County and City Hall. It's Friday, June 24th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. A.D. Gregory, welcome to CityCast Chicago. How y'all feeling today? Greg, I'm going to start with you. How you feeling? Man, it's a beautiful day out. Mm, I like that. I like that answer. A.D., how you feeling this morning? Pretty good. Equally happy about this weather. I'm Heat wave is not for me, but this lovely like mid-70s stuff, mm-hmm. sweet spot. That's my jam. That's my jam. Uh, our newsletter writer, Cindy Madden, put together this great visitor's guide earlier this week. And, and a lot of publications are doing it. What are the things we got to do this summer uh, before it's over? AD, what's that one thing on your summer shy bucket list that you got to do before the weather either cranks too high or jumps way too low? I need to eat at my favorite taco place at Montrose Beach. I'm praying it has survived the pandemic. I think it has. I've gone on like short walks by Montrose and been like, is Daniel's still open? Mm. Is it seasonals? Only when the only when the beach is open, things are nice out, and they have truly excellent tacos. And I'm not trying to like bash any of the other Chicago Park District places to get food, but Daniel's is like way up here. All of their Park District food is like <laughs> up here. okay. So it's a little more than just like a, a hot dog stand and some water bottles. Yes, and I will if if for any reason I can't get those tacos, like just a popsicle and a sneaky beer from like any of the Palateros along the lake. I bet. Gregory, what's that thing on your summer shy list that you got to get done? Well, for me and for, for other people, especially, I always tell people go to at least three South side uh, parks or beaches. And I'm not talking about promontory point, which is also beautiful, but you know, people go there, but go, go all the way to Steelworkers park or go all the way to, Big Marsh over in uh, the far south side and mm-hmm. just try to enjoy that because I think I think uh, people forget all the nature and beauty, especially on the south side. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we had a conversation about even just getting out to the forest preserve, the Dan Ryan Forest Preserve, getting a good hike or getting out into the nature. There are some low-key spots that are just hidden around the city, whether you're talking, again, Big Marsh Park. You I'm going to Calumet Park, Calumet Beach, which is on the east side later today. Uh, and that's actually going to be – that's the one thing on my summer bucket list that I'm getting out the way early. Little-known fact, that was my childhood beach. Calumet Beach? Yeah, and so that's that's where we would go and hang out, and I would recommend uh, if anybody's inspired by that, they should also take a little trip to Long Cars and get some get some fried chicken and go to a real old school if you know you know type of place. <laughs> nice, Greg. I'm gonna start with you. Uh, we've been talking about Illinois' richest man for a while. AD is actually the person who came on City Cash Chicago to hit me to who King Griffin is. But I know your top story is, is moving a little bit away from how he's spending his money for politics and something else. So, Greg, what's that story uh, that you want to uh, enlighten the people on this morning? Well, he's taken out, he's taken his company headquarters to Miami, Florida. You know, you can cue the Will Smith song. And. <laughs> He's going to get out of here. And the problem with that, you know, it, it's it's uh, you don't got to like his politics, but they have an enormous amount of money. One of the things that they privately sell people and we can talk about whether it's good for for wealthy people that have this kind of wealth. But they'll go around telling people that their top 15, 20 employees contribute like three hundred million dollars in taxes a year to the state of Illinois. And that's that's just a problem losing that much money in one mm-hmm. in one fell swoop. It doesn't mean you gotta like him. It doesn't mean you gotta, uh, and it doesn't mean you gotta sign on to the Illinois and Chicago are doomed narrative either. Uh, but it's a major problem, and people are fooling themselves if they think it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just last week we were talking about Caterpillar. Uh, we've talked about Boeing, and now Citadel, a company, what like like fifty billion dollars in holding. Ken Griffin is worth something like twenty-seven billion. You know, this company was founded in nineteen ninety. Eighty. How big of a deal is it that not only that he's moved to Florida with his family, but now Citadel and maybe a lot of its employees will be moving as well. This is a big deal like Greg, like you mentioned, because of the compounding effect of what seems like an exodus, which we hear Illinois exodus a lot. Um, but all of these announcements back to back are tempered just a little bit by this Kellogg announcement that Kellogg's going to be. Right. I, I was going to say, I saw the Pringles pictures uh, with with uh, with Mayor Leifert earlier this week. So th- there is some people coming in, but. Well, the city and state would point you to a bunch of small businesses launched following the pandemic, but big businesses deciding to go is never great for elected officials, not great for tax collection, especially for, uh, especially when it's kind of C-suite folks who earn a lot of money and just the, the reputational damage of losing people and seeming like an unattractive place to be. Um, now Griffin's folks have kind of framed this as this is something a lot of our employees were requesting. Our employees want to be in New York and Miami. They don't want to be working in Chicago anymore. Right. Um, but we can't dismiss that politics might be playing a role in this because there's been some recent polling about Ken Griffin's chosen gubernatorial candidate, Richard Urban, on the Republican side. Behind. Falling behind. Falling behind. So the way that Capital Facts, um, the Illinois politics blog here, described it was like, 
Ken Griffin is about to lose, and now he's picking up in his ball and walking away completely uh-huh. from Illinois. That's what it feels like, Greg. Like nothing is coincidental in this business. And last week, as AD alludes to, you know, people are saying that his money ain't been stretching as long in influencing these races, not only the the gubernatorial race in Illinois, but even some of the other races across the nation that he's been putting money into. Is this his, you know, um, break glass in case of emergency announcement? Could be. You know, there's no doubt he looks like a big loser coming out, spending $50 million to come in potentially third place, depending on what happens in mm-hmm. the primary last uh, next, next Tuesday, excuse me. And so uh, he's been talking about this for a while and threatening this for a while. But, you know, I wouldn't want to spend that kind of money and then just uh, just pick up and leave because you do look like a baby when you do that. But, you know, he's he is right to be concerned about public safety. Uh, but, you know, the city is in some ways safer than it was when he first got here and when he first started his business. You know, I wonder is how is Pritzker going to respond to this? Is he going to, you know, just say, again, we, we saw this coming. This is a political move or, you know, I, I wonder how he's going to try to to frame this moving forward. And Pritzker, as we're talking, Pritzker's. Uh spokesperson came out with a statement on Griffin leaving saying countless companies are choosing Illinois as their home as we continue to lead the nation in corporate relocations and had a record number of business startups in the past year. Uh, Eddie, I'm going to stay with you. We just talked about the primary coming up soon. Uh, what is a race that, that you're watching and you want to talk about today as your top story? I want to talk about the assessor's race, which mm-hmm. uh, has long been a passion of mine. This is something I first started covering in 2018. We have two candidates, the incumbent, Fritz Kagey, and his challenger, Carrie Steele. Can you remind people what that actually is? I know you came on to teach me about it, but what exactly is that role? The role of the assessor is to assign a value to every property in Chicago. So it could be your house. It could be a small business around the corner. It could be the giant skyscraper downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the assessor's job to accurately put a dollar value on every building so that Uh, other folks in the property tax system in Cook County can figure out how much everyone should owe on their taxes. Um, Fritz Kagey, the incumbent, came in in 2018 after uh, a series in the Chicago Tribune and ProPublica basically revealed that Berrios was undervaluing big, expensive properties and Mm -hmm. overvaluing homes, especially in lower income areas. And the impact of that is homeowners were paying a bigger share than they should have and big commercial properties were not paying as much as they should have. Property taxes here are a zero-sum game. So whenever someone's paying too much, um, it means someone else is not paying enough. So he came in and said, I'm going to fix that. And fixing that meant higher property taxes and assessments for big businesses. And these folks argued he did it too quickly and that it was harming investment in the city, basically scaring off big property investors. Now, a lot of those interests are backing his challenger in this primary, yeah, Carrie, Carrie Steele. Steele. She's currently the president of the Water Reclamation District, which you and I have talked about <laughs> as one of those like government agencies that uh, gets to skirt by because it's... Hey, I, 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 I learned something about them recently. Uh, shout out to, to Kim uh, uh, Dubuclay for stopping by and teaching me what, what that actually yes, is. Yes, they are responsible <laughs> for bringing us clean water. So mm-hmm. the... The current board president of Water Rec, Carrie Steele, decided to run against Kagi, and she is being backed by a lot of those big commercial interests that are so 
ticked off the way he's done the job. Carrie Steele, while she's got all these big backers, she's not without some controversy herself. Uh, her husband, uh, Mace Jackson, uh, is a, a, a very you know prominent voice in like I believe Chicago radio. Um, you know, it, you talk about her message getting through. Is is it cutting through that controversy? I wonder. Yes. So as you mentioned, her husband is Mays Jackson, and I think he has been the biggest source of controversy of her campaign almost this entire time. Um, initially, for comments he's made about uh, on the radio show, typically with the sticker for her campaign on his computer while he's talking, um, what folks have said are anti-Latino, anti-LGBT and anti-Semitic comments. So that that has that dominated the conversation for several weeks. I think it might have scared off um, some support that Steele might have gotten otherwise. Uh, she got a lot of angry letters from fellow elected officials saying, you need to rebuke this kind of language and your husband should also apologize. Um, the other controversy involves uh, Mays Jackson's other job as a lobbyist for one of the biggest uh, developers in Chicago over the past decade. They're called Ani Group. Um, and he has a very sizable contract with them and they are his only real estate client. Um, that kind of called into question, are we going back to the days of Berrios, which was a lot of nepotism, helping families and helping big commercial uh, landlords and big commercial building owners. Uh, she has said he has never lobbied the assessor's office. The assessor's office is not really something you lobby anyway, mm -hmm. uh, but she's like, I'll well, I'll recuse myself. We're going to have a full-time ethics officer to kind of handle this and make sure that anything my husband in, is involved in doesn't get treated in any special way. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you could transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. Every week, right, with hundreds of stories that are coming out, we want to make sure that people don't forget maybe some of the stories don't that don't get as much light, don't get as much uh, time in the in the site, the life cycle uh, for how quickly we're moving through news. Greg, what's that story that you want to draw some attention to this week? We need to pay more attention as a city to the fact that the CTA and the parks aren't working right now, especially mm -hmm. the CTA. You know, if you try to get on a train or a bus, good luck to you. Now, I grew up in Little Village taking the pink line. Uh, you know, in college, down to UIC, all over the city, going down the Harold Washington Library to do my homework. And I, for as long as I can remember, if the train was supposed to get there 
in eight minutes. It got there in eight minutes. Yeah, we got a lot of ghost trains out here, a lot of ghosts. But somebody say, how does a 7,000-pound vehicle just disappear off the map? It's like some Back to the Future type of stuff, you know? Like, it goes <laughs> off and it, it takes off or something. I don't know, because your, your guess would be as good as mine. Yesterday, some aldermen were trying to force a hearing on... Uh, getting the CTA to come in and answer some questions. And if, you know, they, they refused to come in in January for the president refused to come in in January. So it's, it's really, um, it's really remarkable about how people are living because it really hurts people. We know the names of our city leaders, people who we can, you know, complain to about this, but we don't often talk about the, the leaders at CTA and, and what they're doing. So how, how can we a- address these issues? Well, you know, I would say, you gotta you gotta pay attention and show people you care. You know, people should call their aldermen and the mayor's office and things like that. Because the mayor the mayor absolutely controls the CTA. You know, she would uh she did a funny thing yesterday where someone asked her about the CPS budget and she said and the property tax increase they're doing and she said, oh, you gotta ask the C- the CPS about that, which is not not true. You know, she she controls the CPS. She is responsible for for she's responsible for their budget. She didn't put it together, but you know, they, they report to her and the same is true with the CTA and people need to talk about it and think about it and not think of it as this, as this agency that exists on a mountain somewhere. Cause it doesn't. It's a lot of this is a workforce issue. They can't hire enough people to work at the CTA, to be driving these buses and trains, cleaning these buses and trains and working at working as lifeguards at the Chicago park district. Um, I, I put a story out this week about Cook County's budget being in like really great shape. And part of the reason it's in great shape is because they're not hiring as many people and saving on payroll costs. Um, But those savings, like Greg mentioned, have a flip side, which is we're not getting as much service as we need and deserve. Um, I had two ghost buses this week and it infuriated me. We're supposed to be the city that works. And if, if making it work means I think this is the question that aldermen want answered. What really is the holdup? Is there a specific reason that maybe people don't want to work for the city? And what can the city do to make it more attractive to work here so we can get back to work? And I, and I can't help but to think that this is because this is public goods, right? And and it's something that people feel like, oh, you know, it's uh, we're not making that much off of it. So why should we put that much into it? And it that, that's the wrong way to look at city services. And all of the reporting last year about uh, the culture of work at the Chicago Park District for lifeguards, especially female lifeguards, is terrible. So this isn't only this probably isn't only a pay problem. This is also probably a culture problem. Quiggs, what's that underhype story for you this week that you want to make sure people uh, pay attention to? It is the 50th anniversary of Title IX, uh, the federal change in law that has allowed uh, women's athletics in particular to fly. Um, the Chicago Tribune a big portion of our female writers got together and did a story called title nine turns 50 meet 50 women in Illinois who have impacted sports on and off the field of play. It's an excellent read. You don't have to sit down and do it all at once, but um, there's so many names on here that I was not familiar with that are such important women to sport that uh, inspired what I imagine are thousands of people. And if not inspired, then paved the way for female athletes to play and succeed. Um, Related to that, the Biden administration uh, moved this week to expand Title IX protections for um, LGBT students and widen the responsibility of 
colleges and universities to address sexual misconduct. Um, this has been a gigantic subset of the Me Too discussion we've been having for several years. So I will be interested to watch whether that moves forward. Um, Title IX is uh, such an important uh, milestone change and continues to be. Would this expansion also address what are, you know, growing attempts to delegitimize and take away the ability for like trans children to participate in sports, trans men and women to participate in sports? Would this create, you know, more protections for LGBTQ members? Yes. So there are specific rules that are proposed dealing with the rights of transgender students in school sports, but they will be released later. Every single episode, we like to give the people a moment of joy to send them, you know, away from City Cash Chicago. We like to call it some good news to get the people through the weekend. Greg, what is your some good news uh, for the people? Uh, pro wrestling is here this weekend for AEW Forbidden Door, which oh, is- Oh, come on! My boy, my boy talking about AEW. Come on, let's let's go. Let's let's get into this. I'm already loving it's, it. It's uh, I'm I'm a you know, it's gonna. There's a lot of really great wrestlers, especially from Japan, coming to the show. It's missing. It's missing some really true dream matches because the show's been hurt yeah. by some injuries. Punk ain't gonna be out here for Chicago, showing off the new title. Yep, and uh, Brian Danielson ain't gonna be there. But mm -hmm. we're we're gonna get some. You know, anytime you get to see Okada, Tanahashi. Ishi in person. I mean, that's 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 legit. Come on, Brad, dropping the wrestling knowledge. All right, so are you are you you know love pro wrestling or are you in the feud and you AEW? You know, WWE was just here a couple weeks ago. Uh, Roman wasn't out there, but it, you know they br they brought down the house a little bit. Or are you are you AEW proper? Uh, I just like pro wrestling. I probably okay. uh, you know, and uh, I I just love pro wrestling. And you know, I remember. I used to love indie shows, uh, and I still I still do. But I used to go to AAW when AAW and ran the Berwyn Eagles Club every month, mm. and I saw Zack Saber Jr. in front of like two hundred people, you know, and and that guy's incredible. I saw uh, a lot of these guys. I saw Seth Rollins when he was just a little guy from from Iowa, you know, mm -hmm. and so. Uh, I just love pro wrestling. It's sort of like politics and it's sort of like life where you go out and when it's time to perform, you put the volume up on your personality. Mm -hmm. You can't change your personality, but you can raise it up. You can bring it down as appropriate. But but that's pro wrestling. And, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I loved I went out uh, to Pilsen a couple of weeks ago and they had some some lucha in the middle of the street and I was just there taking pictures and enjoying it. Pro wrestling has been something me and my brother have loved since we were kids. He's going to listen to this and just go crazy. You know, AEW and uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door, uh, I believe it's going to be at the United Center. Sunday, 6 to 10. Uh, shout out to Coco Banner, who's a fan of the podcast, uh, who constantly lets us know that he's listening. Yeah, fun fact about AD. She walks around threatening to give people Stone Cold Sunners. Oh, my God. That's my favorite. That was my favorite growing up. My brother was Rocky. I was Stone Cold. We, that's how he was. He was KG. I was Kobe Bryant. It was, that's how we always been. So I'm a, I'm a Stone Cold stunning person myself. Now that I'm at Trib, I'm switching to like Bret Hart style stuff. Okay. And away from Steve Austin stuff. Now I'm trying you know? to use some sweet, I'm trying to give a sweet chin music then. I'm trying to break <laughs> your heart in front of all your family and friends. <laughs> well, if you put S in front of Hitman, you've got what I think of him. As Stone Cold once said. Wow. 
Wow. Ooh. Right, with that, AD, what's your uh, some good news to get the people through the weekend? Good news. There's um, some good a, news. There's new music out. Uh, okay. Beyonce. Beyond. Drake. We're in a house music revival. <laughs> they say house they never went nowhere, but I feel you. The wonderful thing about this, aside from me liking Drake, people are going to drag on Jake on Drake for like three months and then they'll actually really like this album, I think, mm-hmm. is that we are probably headed into a, a recession, which typically means amazing stuff for dance music. So as sad as I am about potentially the state of the economy taking a dump, the music will be amazing. And Wait, early well, into- what is that relationship between recession and dance music? I'm So disco. Um, Disco is one. There was also amazing music following the depression. Um, Mm. It's like people just want to escape this crummy economy and celebrate where they can't, which is moving their body. This is my theory and TikTok's Mm -hmm. theory. Um, If none of that turns out to be true, uh, I'm still excited for Beyonce likely coming next month. The first one is amazing. Uh, Drake putting out house music. Hey. Getting the episode together to for the people who trying to fight us on Chicago being the birthplace of house music. We're gonna do our city cast Chicago love letter, uh, the house music just to remind people uh, where them roots really lay. Um, but but I'm glad to hear that you that you're trying to get out here and you're trying to dance a little bit. You're trying to move a little bit. You won't break my soul. Did y'all buy one of the mystery box? I had to buy my girlfriend one of those mystery boxes. Quigs, Brad, y'all get one of them Beyonce mystery boxes. We work at the Tribune. We don't have that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. Somebody, come on. Don't do that. Somebody go. You, somebody will get you one of them. You, everybody, what they say, you got to have a Beyonce savings account. Speaking of uh, moving around, speaking of music, my some good news is an upcoming performance at Millennium Park's Harris Theater, Dance Africa Chicago's Roots Performance. It's the 50th anniversary of the Muntu Dance Theater, uh, and, and they're coming together with some amazing companies. One of my favorite is Deeply Rooted Dance Theater, uh, uh, Black dance company on the south side one that i've had the great opportunity of working with uh mad rhythms is gonna be out there they're gonna have drummers uh again there are plenty of opportunities to listen to music to dance uh at your local parks at local festivals uh i want to know from the people what's on y'all summer bucket list what's that event What's that restaurant? What's that, that you know, maybe it's that walk through the park that you have to do uh, before summer moves into fall. Uh, reach out to us at CityCast Chicago at 773-780-0246 and tell us what that one thing is. Uh, Gregory, AD, I appreciate y'all joining us on CityCast Chicago. And uh, I'm going to leave y'all with that that spirit. Make sure y'all move y'all body at some point today or this week to, to whatever song moves you. Um, because you're right, Quigs. People are gonna be hating on that Drake for a while, and and they sh- they probably should, because some of it sound like Garage Band. But uh, at the right time of day, with the with the right vibe and, and and the right things in your system, I think people are gonna be just okay with that music. That's it's, it's, I would pay on, good money to crashing. see Greg Pratt dance. <laughs> That's what I love about this show, The Range. We talked about some assessors. We talked about some AEW. Talked about some Beyonce. <laughs> 
Before I let you go, I know we talked a lot about the June 28th primary, but one last reminder that voting ends on Tuesday. You can check for your local polling place at the Chicago Board of Election website, which I'll drop for you in the show notes. Now, if you haven't registered to vote or you know somebody who hasn't registered, it's all good. You can register in person before you cast your ballot. Now, I'm giving you this reminder because some key races will be decided on Tuesday. So please don't sit around waiting for the general election in November. Get out and vote on June 28th. There are plenty of great voting guys that I'll also drop for you. And we've even got a Spotify playlist with our primary prep episode. So like if you live in the first congressional district or the third or don't know what the hell the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District is, tap in before you step into the booth. I got to give a huge thank you to the people who make CityCast Chicago possible. That's lead producer Carrie Shepard, producer Simone Alisea, newsletter writer Sydney Madden, and our roving producer joining us this week, Meg Dalton. Also, a huge shout out to the people who make the music that I love listening to. That's Sam Thousand, all the kimonos, and Mark Greenberg of the Mayfair Workshop. I appreciate y'all listening, whether it's daily or weekly or whenever you get around to it. I appreciate you making time for CityCast Chicago. If you're new here, reach out to us at 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and what's one thing on your summer shot bucket list. I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. You know how to make a breakfast and make it great. Frosted flakes are more than good. They're great. I once auditioned to be the voice of Frosted Flakes. I didn't make it to a callback.